NRL deep dive or the Bush League deep dive, depending on what week it is. How are you, my old mate, Mick? Oh, look, welcome back to the, the newly instated Bush League. <laughs> the Bush League deep dive. Oh, my God. We'll get into it uh, more in depth like uh, some of you have been listening to the last month. But, yeah, I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm going okay. So we a bit of preface. We had um, a discussion just before we started recording about how uh, this this season's been probably not the best season to have watched. I don't know. It's hard because like elements have been good, but it's I think the way the game's adjudicated. This, I think it's just wearing down, and this this happens every year basically, where the adjudication completely falls off the off the Richter scale after a few weeks, and then and then it just gets worse and very difficult to watch. But Oh, absolutely, and um, it's frustrating. I, I, I'm, strugg- I'm struggling with some of these journos uh, uh, getting frustrated with the, the coaches having a crack. It's like, serious? They're trying to coach a club or a team to play a certain way, and then they get out in the field. New rules. Well, thing I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be super frustrated if I was a coach. Yeah, I mean, like the Dimmer thing got brought into it a bit, but. Him hating, yeah. him hating on Marvel Stadium is a totally different thing to oh, you know, no, Brett, Brett Ratton saying, you know, they, they had three free kicks from 86 tackles, which we'll get into in a minute. But, yeah. I mean, that that's just not how the game's adjudicated. But um, anyway, big thanks to our sponsors at Hopstone. Hopstone's a crafty delivery service. You can check them out at hopstone.com.au and use the promo code AFLDEEPDIVE to get $25 off your first pack. A great way to try fresh, delicious craft beer. I just got a new pack today, actually, so I'd be curious to dig through that. Um, collection of canned craft beer from across Australia. Small uh, producers, nice. 90% of the time. And, yeah, very, very switched on craft beer delivery service. Contactless, as they say. Um, first game, Saints-Cats. I, and this was this was a comedy rather than, or a tragedy, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, St Kilda won this game in every indicator except for on the scoreboard and this was the ultimate like C example A of you know scoreboard pressure and you can be so good at every like vast majority of stats they they were they were good to quite good in basically every category except for kicking in front of goal and in front of goal it just shows how insanely it means this is the thing like we say this every year but how incredibly obvious and important it is and you kick 5-17 which was I think the third worst over the last 25 or 30 years um, yeah it's horrendous Geelong should not have won this game it was a complete absolutely not choke and, job and without sounding like a broken record like the the, the older uh, constituents imagine imagine a basketballer practicing everything except how to put the ball in the ring because that's essentially what happens at AFL. They're taught and, and they train for everything else except how to kick a goal. And it was on full display with um, St Kilda. I agree. St Kilda dominated possession, obviously. The, uh, um, their, their pressure um, count was off the Richter scale. They, they, they shouldn't have lost this game. They, they should have actually won it. Won by won it well. six, eight, ten yeah. goals. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just... Got got the jitters uh, in front of goal, and it wasn't even necessarily because of Geelong's backline pressure, which was good, but not at the start when St Kilda could really uh, set the ascendancy and um, and build a big lead. That they just dominated everywhere. But yeah, no, no, no good in front of the sticks. Yeah, they completely kicked themselves out of the game, and and it was, it's through the whole. They just screwed themselves every quarter. It didn't even like fluctuate. It wasn't even one of those games where it was like, oh. 
that third quarter, they kicked themselves out of it all. The second quarter, so first quarter, 0-7, which was just like a death knell. Like, right, the quarter, even at quarter time, it was like blatantly obvious to the two or three people at the game, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, and then the, the crowd. And then at home, the, the, the many people that, that were watching were thinking, this is Geelong, we'll, we'll win this, but it'll be because St Kilda um, completely choked in front of goal. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree that going back to what we said a minute ago, the holding the ball, you know, there's always some sort of rule crisis every year with the AFL, but this is the current one. Um, but yeah, three free kicks from 86 tackles is, is ludicrous, but regardless, um, zero seven and then three, three goals, 11 at halftime and then four goals, 13. I mean, even that's pretty disgraceful from second quarter, end of the second quarter to the final siren, they kicked only two majors. That's it. Two. Yeah. And they kicked another six more points. Yeah. For a team that is got high ambitions um, yeah, not not really a good way to play the game of football. And yes, and we'll get like I said, we'll get into the uh, the adjudication, but that's not why they lost this game, not at all. Do we think like I mean, St Kilda are clearly out of it now. There's no way they're going to be serious players, and their percentage is horrendous. So that just forget that. Do we think that St Kilda um, last year was a flash in the pan, or, or, or do we think that this team actually does? Because they've got a few players back yeah, now, yeah. like you know. No, I think they they can be a, a really good team. They, they were pretty, they've been devastated pretty deeply with their with their oh. injuries. I, I I think they need to offload a couple of older players that are on peak money that haven't come to fruition. Um, and get some younger younger players. So it wouldn't be a bad year not to play finals. Yeah, old mate Hannes, he's he's right at the top of the list to say say sign R two. And well, he should really do the best thing by the club and retire because he's not. Even if he gets back, he's missed so much football. He's not going to be able to play the type of role that they envisaged. So, um, yeah. I think what I've seen of the kids and their core midfield um, and, and, and I guess the spine is, is good enough and it's young enough to, to build. So they're just, I don't know, it's, there's a couple of teams that I'd be um, questioning the, the physios and, and the docs on their side because they tend to get a lot of soft tissue injuries regularly, um, which can hamper a campaign. You need a a pretty fit and full list, both your, your best 22 to 5 and, and those you know, on the periphery. Uh, you just got to look at Melbourne um, at the moment. Hardly any injuries. They're seeing 9 and zip and Casey are like 6 and 1 in the VFL, mm. their affiliate. Um, Richmond have been the same in their premiership years. Hawthorne and Box Hill were like that during their premiership years. Um, so, yeah, you've got to have a healthy list if, you, if you're going to go deep in, into the year. So I think final, finals is on the cards, but I can't see them going deep. You think St Kilda will play finals? Yeah. Wow, that's a huge call because looking at the ladder, so St Kilda is sitting at 11th. I mean, I, maybe their percentage is poor at 81, 
Um, there's a lot of people below them, like 96 Essendon. Um, I know, to, well, I guess Toby Green's just been injured. Yeah, you that, think, that's what I was about to say. It's, it's mm, GW, for, like a Fremantle are really inconsistent. GWS now, I think, are going to struggle without Green for, for a month. And if St Kilda can just, I mean, they kick straight. They, they, they win this. They win that game, so they're a bit closer to the eight. And they, they build momentum, three wins in a row. They're, they're not far off. I, I, like I said, finals is likely not playing. They're not. They're not competing for a, a flag or, or even going deep. That's for sure. I think. I think. Dude, I'm. I'm definitely much more on the fence with St Kilda. I think they're uh, a chance, obviously, to to finish eighth. No, no higher. Than, I don't think any. I'd be shocked if it's any higher than that. I'd be very shocked if they finish seventh. Certainly, that'd be the mm-hmm. ceiling. Um, I could see them just being squeezed out of the eight and finish ninth. Um, but. Uh, Oh, there's two things. <clears throat> I, I understand that when Ryder went out, it was really bad timing and Marshall and so on and so forth. But there's two things. Firstly, right now, outside of Melbourne and really one or two, like maybe Port, not many other teams really. So right now, statistically, this is the highest number. We're right now, as of right today, we're the highest number of injured players in any year. So we're, we're, we're maxed out already. So people say, oh, it feels like, oh, there's a lot more people injured this year. That's, that's a fact. We're statistically yeah. at the highest. It's, it's certainly, as I don't know, maybe ever, but in a very long time, right? My memory is, is very, like maybe since I've started recording those stats through champion data or whatever. But the point is it is that at an extreme. The second so that's thing, like at least 30 years then. Yeah, exactly. So it's so a long it's, time. Yeah, 100%. It's been a long time. But... I'm not convinced the St Kilda injuries are as uh, huge as Saints fans would have you believe. Uh, they're important, clearly, but they're talked about sometimes as though like they've got you know no Dusty, no Cochin, no Grimes. Do you know what I mean? Like they, it, it's a little bit framed as though like we've been devastated, and it's like, well, yeah, I don't know quite that hard, but yeah, but it's 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 obviously not a good situation. But there are a lot of teams that are performing okay in in pretty poor. Season. I think the Giants are going okay, given how um, poor the injury situation is for them. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating test for them now without Toby Green, who's been, I think, probably their best player um, for this year. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, look, it's it's a long conversation with St Kilda. I, I, I'm not convinced. I'm de- I'm definitely not thinking they're playing finals. I, I think the eight. I think the eight. To be honest, I think the eight stays. Exactly the way it is. Um, not, I don't think in that order. In position, but I, I think yeah. the eight is set. I think that's exactly they're the teams that will play finals. I think you could probably put West Coast at eighth. They're currently at seventh. I think Richmond will finish about sixth. Um, I could see Sydney at eighth. Um, I think Port go up a notch. I think the Dogs will come slightly down. I think Geelong definitely will go a little bit down. And then I think Brisbane will go a little bit up. So there'll be a little bit of jig around. Um, but I, I, I think that eight, the teams that are currently in the eight, I think is exactly what if, if If Toby Green was fit and fighting and I was a little bit more confident in the Giants, um, and let's say we'd seen another few more weeks of um, Jesse Hogan performing the way he performed in that one quarter and all, if, 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 if then I'd be yeah. saying, well, maybe that's the... But, I've no confidence in in Fremantle away from home. If they if they win every game at home, and lose every game away, they're not mate. That still won't be enough. And they'll I still think they'll lose a game at home, 
if not two games at home, which means that if you look statistically, well, they play West. Well, they play West Coast again, so, mm, so that they lose that. That's game. Yeah. that's a loss, and yeah. you would assume based. They've got on, some good teams as well. Yeah, I look. I don't tend to disagree that the way the eight is at the moment probably won't change as far as the teams that are in there. And definitely agree with Freeman. I, I don't think they're capable of winning enough games to come in. And if there was to be a change, it'll be one of two teams for me, St Kilda or Giants in. And the only team I could see even remotely dropping out of the eight at the moment is is City. Not because of any other reason is that inexperience and, and whether those young players can continue to play Really good football in the second in the back end of the, well, of the season, I, I, I which I think they can, but it's it's been proven over yeah. the last few seasons that these young teams that do well the first half of the season can taper off a little bit. I, I, I think, and that's why I think Sydney will drop to the to the eighth position. But I think yeah. the, I think they'll win enough to hold on right now. Already with six wins, I, I think they'll just hold on, and and as well, and then, go sorry, go. Uh, yeah, so now yeah, I thought you'd finish kicking, mate. No, I was just going to say, and after I saw a chunk of the the Collingwood Sydney match, and we'll get into it in a second, but Collingwood were in front, in control. Sydney started poorly, and a bad young side like a, a well, it's hard to compare them to the Gold Coast because they've become a joke side again. But I think you know an inexperienced young side that is going to taper off. Would have lost that game, and and they fought their way through. I, I'm just not. Con- I, they it'll happen. They're going to drop games they shouldn't drop for sure. I, I just think they'll win enough that they'll get it done. Um, I reckon they will just finish eighth, and maybe maybe even holding on by percentage. And St Kilda miss out on yeah. on, on, on on you have the same um, uh, number of wins as Sydney, but miss out on percentage. That that's that's what concerns me. 81 percent is is shit. Um, yeah, it's a fair bit that to make poor. up and get into that that low hundreds or hundred and ten. They've got to have some big beltings. Well, this app doesn't let you. I'm just looking at the Footy Live app. It doesn't let you sort by percentage, but I can quickly work it out. So, in terms of percentage, there is only two teams wor- worse than them. That's it. So the two the two complete cellar dwellers that you know are obviously in, in in a pretty poor way. So that's that's a big that's a big concern. That's a lot of red flags for me. But it's. It's not, not, not the uh, it's probably the teams you want to be associated with no, at the, at the moment. Not the moment, sure. no. Yeah, but yeah. with Saints... And outside the, Sorry, go And go. outside from now, I don't think... Outside of those teams that we mentioned, every other team for me now is strike a line through. They're not playing finals. Hmm. Essendon, oh. Carpenter, North, Hawthorne, Adelaide. Um, they're, they're all done. Frio's out. Collingwood, definitely out. The um, only Gold the, Coast definitely out. The only one for me, it's very, very, very unlikely. But the only one is Essendon. In that, I think they would need to do what Sydney did a few years ago, where they won. Remember, they lost the first six, and they went. They like, I think they only lost like two or three from there. Which yeah, did that have to play balls out? Yeah, footy, like one hundred percent between now and the end of the year. And I can't. All of a sudden, things would have yeah, to click. Yeah, and like yeah. Cox and these guys would have to play out of their minds. And then all of a sudden, they're the, that's the only um, small live wire chance. I think the rest of it is, mm. is finished. Anyway, this has become yeah. a, basically a broader conversation. But, um, that is. Um, and in the same breath, let's go back to the two teams uh, for Friday. No, I'm, yeah. I'm still not convinced that Geelong are a legit oh, no. premiership contender. They'll, they'll finish high. They'll get all these home and away wins. Yeah. But that's a type of win 
that they snuck and really they should have been very much more competitive from the outset than they were. They're very lucky to get get this win. They're very lucky to win the Hawthorne win as well. So I think yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Geelong are clearly as much as they're sitting third on the ladder with six wins. Um, and I've just praised six wins, obviously with Sydney, but Geelong should be better than that with the list they've got. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I think. As I said before, I think Geelong will finish fifth or fourth, so they're going to finish quite high. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yet. I need to see it in, in because the reality is they play like that against Richmond, even with Richmond's. Um, they they played lights out against Richmond, but if they played the way they did against St Kilda, Richmond yeah. would have won that game. So I think a lot of teams would have won that game. Blo- doggies are blown away. Yeah. Brisbane are going to blow them away. Port, no even. Blow them away. Yeah. They, they give any of those top teams, Port, yeah. even Porter, in a little bit of a slump at the moment. Mm. Um, even West Coast, if uh, West Coast are on, particularly they, if it's they're, away, they're not getting up. They're not cut. Yeah, they're not. They're not coming out of that um, hole that they, they almost dug themselves into. With the number of the week. Getting those top two positions now, I think, is going to be very difficult because Melbourne and the Dogs have had these long runs. I know they're only two games ahead, but that's going to start to mount up. And I think back into the season, I think Melbourne will have probably 16, 17 wins, I reckon. It'll be quite a lot. It'll be 17, even 18 wins. They might only lose two or three games from here. Um, and then I reckon the dogs will be sitting at probably 17, 18 wins as well, quite quite a lot. I I think they will finish top two. Um, I think there'll then there'll be a bit of a gap, and that's where it's going to get dicey for Geelong for that top four position because I think you know Brisbane and and don't count Richmond out too because the, after the buy they get a lot of players back as well, and they've got a much easier Richmond have a much easier second half of the year. A lot of people forget that they played they've played basically well they've played everyone in the top eight I think so far. Um, yeah, they've they've literally played everybody in the eight. Um, anyway, so look going back to the cats from that game, but yes, just a, a very short thing on St Kilda. I'm not convinced the injuries are as bad as people make out. I think they're they're bad, but um, I just don't think the depth is there as much. But I agree with you on the mature age players. They need to do something about that. Um, Because, yeah, there's, what is there, 700,000, 50 or something, quite a lot of money tied into Hanbury, which is, yeah, it's a lot of coin just not not playing. Um, And then Geelong, I think Guthrie was, you know, look, while they weren't that convincing the players that have been, you know, really impressive this year and, and certainly into last year as well. Um, Duncan and, you know, these guys were, were very impressive. Um, yeah, Hawkins didn't probably have his best night. Um, the forward line, nowhere near as damaging as they were against Richmond where they combined, I think, for like 12 or 13 goals, whereas in this game they combined for five. So not not even in the same ballpark with this um, okay. triangle. Um, but, yeah, look... Guthrie was disgusting. I mean, goal, 36 disposals, 16 kicks, um, 20 handballs. Like, he was he was off the rails. He's played that. Um, he's played kind of like this Dangerfield hybrid role. Like, he's, he has slotted into elements of what Dangerfield does for their their side, um, but also plugged other holes. And, yeah, no, he's, he's, he was really impressive. I thought Higgins was really good too. Probably not as highlighted because he did kick 0-3. Um, had he had he kicked, you know, two one, then all of a sudden, or three flat, then all of a sudden, his his stats line looks looks even better. But the recruits, uh, I mean, I'm not as convinced on Cameron. He's he's been good. I'm sure he'll he'll get better. Um, it's a little harder for him trying to figure out his role's a bit more confusing trying to figure out how that works with um, Hawkins. But I think um, Izzy Smith and Higgins have been very good. 
um, yeah. through the year so far. But yeah, although this game was very blighted by two things. Firstly, the holding, the non-holding the ball decisions consistently through the game was really jarring to watch. And then obviously it was it was a re- it wasn't a great game to watch. The first half was 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 pretty bad. I think we texted during the game, but like halftime, three three goals eleven to four goals two. You know we've seen four was it seven goals and and a shed load of points. So um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great optically. And yeah, watching St Kilda have a car accident prime like time. this uh, prime time football with two supposed contenders. <coughs> I mean, it's not what you want to. Be showing the rest of the world. Let's be honest. No, uh, no. and this is ha- and this is happening all too often. And it's not umpire's faults. It's the, the way they've been told to adjudicate mm. this game. Um, sorry, is hand is handball even a thing now? It, it's beginning to look a lot like rugby. Um, and if I want to watch rugby, guess what? We've got two codes uh, to watch. It, it's mm. I just cannot believe how blatant it is for players to throw the ball or literally hand it to their teammates um, in a game without the whistle being by. And I went and saw a local game of football, um, my nephew, and they're doing it there as well and getting away with it. It's, it's absolute farcical and it does make it very, very challenging to, to watch this game where the traditional rules have just been thrown out the window, like the handball or dropping the ball, like, yeah, I don't know. I could go on about it, and I dare say we will bring this up in about half a dozen other games this this round. <laughs> well, I think so. For the, we had a discussion also prior to recording. Um, until the AFL bring back Thursday night as a bare minimum, which will be in round thirteen, which you know, Christ knows why they're waiting. Um, this podcast is not going to be able to be done the way we would like it to be done. Ideally, where we can go through each game in. In you know heavier detail, it's going to become slightly more of a broader discussion because, like, we got lives and simply trying to watch this many games at the same time. I mean, this was a disaster waiting to happen. And, and I remember looking at this round. I was every year I download the AFL calendar so that all the games go into your calendar. It's quite handy because then you're like, oh, that game's pretty good. And if someone says I want to do something Saturday night, you go, no, no, I've got, I've got. You make something up. <laughs> You make something up, you say, I've got to go, I've got to, go to I don't know, I've got something on. I've got, got another baby. I've got an engagement, I've got another baby, it'll happen from now to then. <laughs> um, but you make something up, and then, but it's handy having it in the calendar. And I remember looking at this round and I was like, wow, they're going to play Port. Even like round two or three, it was pretty obvious that these two games would be good. Um, yeah. Uh, Richmond, even prior to last year, they were four good sides. Playing them at the exact same time is, is completely insane. And we've... Being done about this for weeks, there's no point continuing. But until that changes, it's it's impossible for us to do it. Um, but just going back to what you were saying, uh, oh, look, this happens as well every year where the umpires are given, um, the adjudicators of the game are given a mandate, right? So prior to the season, we've we, we've had our conspiracies on this for for years. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced that we've we've had a tinfoil hat. Remember, we used to do the tinfoil hat segments and stuff. I, I'm convinced that every year they get told, okay, this is what we need you to try and help push the game towards, uh, which is yep. you know more scoring, faster, 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 uh, more goals, all that stuff. More and injuries. More injuries. Yeah. Well, that's 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 the byproduct of it. They hadn't thought about that side of it, which which as well with the with the rotations and the intense season we had last year and a month less uh, off season. So it, again, to you and I, this is this is obvious, but 
to uh, a bush league, this is not so obvious, and to a league that that's scared of its own clubs. Um, I, I I don't know what else to say. I've I've done that round already. But in in, in terms of um, the adjudication, which this week was highlighted um, uh, embarrassingly, was they've obviously been told that. And again, I 100% with you, it's not the umpire's fault. They've been told to minimise the amount of stoppages. Um, but a lot of those holding the balls were free kicks, which would have increased scoring as well. So there was a number of tackles. That 86, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but if St Kilda's 86 tackles, my memory is like 20 or 25 of them were in offensive zone. So that's a lot of opportunities they could have had. So, I, I, like, I think once again, this happens every year where they get mandated to do something, it, they, they go okay with it for a few weeks, then it falls off the rails, and then it really falls off the rails before the buy. And then now they're at the point of having to correct it on the run, which is always very difficult because you'll see, you'll see next week, uh, we, this happens every year. You'll see in round 10, there'll be the most um, free kicks paid holding for the holding the ball. It'll, it'll be the reverse. So or it might take them two or three weeks, but it'll be pretty quick where it'll go the other way. And then it'll go too far the other way where, where someone will have no prior. No ball no ball moving. No ball moving. Just for, you touch the ball, get in touch. It'll be touch footy and you like stop the game. It'll be like 200 free kicks. It, it's funny because some of the games weren't, weren't – it wasn't the whole round. That was an extreme no. example. The Richmond Giants game was fantastic. I really liked that game, and that that did not. They, look, we'll get into that in a second because of Toby Green, and, and and that that was embarrassing. But aside from that, not on Toby's part. The the obvious hatred the umpires had for him, which I want to get into. But um, anyway, but it, it, this happens every year. So at the moment, we're in that overcorrection phase, um, which is 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 frustrating because it happens every single year where all we want is consistency and then by the time we get to finals we have some consistency but then we all look back to the home and away and think gee wouldn't this have been nice in round seven round 10 round 11 round 14 that game that game that game that game round one onwards well yeah so anyway but this is look the cats didn't deserve to win this game but look good on them they they run away with it got it they yeah. stole it, but this, yeah, this was robbery. But I mean, when look, what can you do? They played a choker that completely choked viciously in front of goal. Um, and then Sydney, Sydney Collingwood. This was a bizarre game. I mean, so for looking at this, the scoreline, you'd think, oh yeah, you know, this is probably about where it should have ended up, right? Like we both tipped Sydney. I think we both tipped eight for the round, so it was not. I don't think a very hard round tip at all. Um, you know, one one games you missed it, which was. I think you went Giants over Richmond, and I think I got one other one. Anyway, but oh, I think I might have gone. I think I might have gone. We missed North Melbourne. We both tipped Hawthorne. Oh, that then that then that's the one. I think then we might have both tipped the Tigs. Anyway, uh, I um, think maybe yeah, you got seven, I got eight. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The, uh, it doesn't we, matter. We, 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 you know, it wasn't a hard. This this was a fairly obvious result, but it's a quarter time. It's four two to one two. So like Collingwood started very well. And looked really good straight out of the gates. They blew a three-goal lead. They they were like over three goals up, and they completely blew it. I mean, this was just really must have been a horrible game as a, a Collingwood fan to watch them come out and actually start quite well and completely piss it away. I, I mean, I don't know. Will Hoskin Elliott was was better. Um, Crisp Main uh, like 
they were fine. Digo was okay. It was just all the same rot that, that's gone on at Collingwood for a long time, except for that first quarter. And this is the thing. We've seen passages of Collingwood this year, but that's obviously not enough to win a game. So I, it's very frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, almost as frustrating um, for those teams that... Uh, well, for every team that's down the bottom of the ladder, I guess, if, except if you're a North Melbourne supporter because you weren't expecting too much better. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a massive, like, in this era of so-called uh, evening, uh, there seems to be a bigger gap between the top four or five teams and the bottom four or five mm. teams, which is just... And you look at those three bottom teams at the moment and one of them is a three-time premiership team in the last 10 years. Um, another with a flag in that time frame or just under, or just over, sorry. And the other um, made back-to-back prem- uh, prelims not that long ago. So, yeah, there's. I don't think it's a system. I think these clubs have definitely made the wrong or ill-fated decisions Um with their, their list management, uh, two, two of those three teams are glaringly obvious, uh, whether it's from cap space or just offloading players. Um, Hawthorne, I guess, is the, the odd one out. Depends which um, seat you, seat, side of the um, ledge you, you sit on and you think, oh, did Clyco go down a path and it didn't work or did he just make the wrong decision in the first place? So, yeah, interesting. Um, and I guess... I mean, there's other other things that we uh, can talk about um, with this game and obviously the same name uh, keeps coming up with outside of football behaviour and whether it's right or wrong with Dugowie. Um I'm a big fan of the, the cameras not being in the change rooms, to be honest, because um, they can be walking around with just a towel on and it's like, well, is that appropriate to be shown now on television? Who knows? Um, I don't, yeah. But it's it, it, interesting that it's the same names that come up, though. From certain clubs, I don't. I don't disagree. I think having it in there, having the cameras in there, is a bit strange. But I also, I didn't mind, um, and I should feel like I need to. Um, uh, definitely, maybe I need to take some some medicine. But I don't actually disagree with what Kane Corn said, which makes me feel a bit ill. But he he did say, take a idea, mate. Yeah, exactly. I must be crazy. But he did say, why why is Dugowie doing that at that time yeah. in the middle of a coach's address? when, you know, he should be focusing on, on the game and all that kind of stuff. And oh, I don't actually disagree with that, but oh, look, yeah, it was, no, it was weird. Either. It was weird. He was mandated to yeah. not... Well, they were told not to do it So after the Richmond thing last year. So, I don't know. It's, it just shows, I mean... Yeah, and it's, it's very different from a, a pat on the, on the backside to your teammate who's just kicked a goal or laid a good tackle or whatever. That's that's just like a, a, a cheese. That's a, there's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, doing it in, in that context and then... The actual whole grab, just to be just weird. Just it was more well. That's if that's what the thing is. Quainer clearly wasn't into it, so um, yeah. Then we've, yeah. Got, we've got to get into into consent and all that kind of stuff, which is not our forte. But um, I, I think as well, you know, we said, we saw Dugowie on on Channel Seven last week saying that, which you know, never get an interview with him, but he after the game, but he was saying that, you know. We need the leaders of the team need to step up, and we need to not, you know, rely on Pendlebury and Sidebottom and all these guys like that. You know, that mid twenties type of player like him, as he said, this is his words, need to step up and become leaders of the club and all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, only a week later oh. to then be groping a young player yeah. is pretty um it just comes across like bullshit now. Which exactly yeah. which is exactly the same culture as sacking a president and then hiring a new president that's been on 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 the board the entire time through all these problems. So you do get the feeling that a lot of problems at Collingwood continually perpetuate and they might sit around saying they're fixed, but they're obviously not. And that fuels that culture continually. Yeah. In my absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Filters down from the top. Um, the 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 uh, what's it saying? Uh, the fish rots from their head. That is the saying. Yeah. Um yeah, but look good on the swans as we said before. Yeah, they just big discussion away. They're good. They're a good this, good yeah, group of kids. Yeah, the, yeah, they're, they're they're chalking up the wins that they need to win and they've been very competitive in the losses so far. So yeah. Um Julie noted, I had written them off again this year and they are proving me wrong. So good on you, Swannies, for doing that. And I think um, just on accuracy for a second, I think um, just before I forget, so St Kilda, for, they last year were, this is a ridiculous stat, they were the second most accurate side last year in front of goal. They're now the 17th most accurate side in front of goal. So they went from 2 to 17. <laughs> As of as of now, like obviously we still got the second half of the season to play, but that that's how how much of a drop off they've had. Sydney, that's the only thing I'm a little bit concerned by. So they kicked 10, 12. Um, what do we think about Buddy? I guess this kind of lies into it. So he he went for one on his right too, which seemed a bit strange. Do we? I mean, like, do we think? I mean, he's obviously got still injury issues. They they're still playing him though, so it's a bit you know yeah, very I, guarded. I'm just wondering whether he's into just a bit of. Um... Well, I've definitely match fitness. He's definitely lacking match fitness. And whatever little niggles he has, I think will come out in the wash. If they're playing, like we've Sydney have shown their hand with uh, with Longmire, with um with Buddy John Longmire isn't hasn't been willing to play Buddy if his injury's been too bad. So. Look, if he can get out in the park, we could probably see a, a very consistent bud for the second half. Hopefully, that, that, I mean, it's great for football. Um, anyone who's grown up watching him would, would love to see him continue to play good football. Whether he's capable of kicking seven, eight, nine goals in a game again, who knows. But if he can pitch in and kick three or four or play higher up the ground like uh, St Kilda did with Nick Rewald um, later in his career, Richmond, uh, it looks like... Yeah, look, uh, Geelong, it looks like they're doing that with Hawkins at the moment just to try and um, work out how their forward line's going to mix with, with Cameron because he's such a good field kicker and, Bud, and Bud's always been a really good field kicker, so it'll be interesting. I I think they'll play a cautious hand in the sense that he might play three or four games in a row and then they might give him a rest because of those years of injuries and in his age. But I think, look, barring anything serious, he'll... He'll see out the year and, and build. He's he, got to find his feet again. The game's changed a lot since he played a full season, which is almost three years ago. Yeah, it is. It's, it's quite, quite a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, probably not much to take away. I mean, as we said before in that bigger discussion at the start, I think, you know, when you start poorly and start slow and then you're able to, you know, crack out a win like that, it gives a lot of confidence to the team. 
Um, we haven't spoken much about Heaney this year too. I was really impressed with Heaney's game. But I mean, if we, if we, well, I'm not going to bother going into like, I'm going about you. We can if you want. But Collingwood's deficiencies are all the same. We've gone over a thousand times yeah. over. Um, the only thing I would say is we can talk about it now in the in the Melbourne game. Maybe we get old mate on, but. Um, it is interesting with all the Sam Wiedemann discussion, obviously with the connection to Collingwood um, with Murray, uh, do you, I mean, we'll, we'll pose this question to him. I mean, I, I guess he, he his management might have already been asked, but you would assume if Melbourne continue with, well, uh, things are going to change. There'll be more injuries, but that said, you know, if they're going to keep going with Ben Brown... If, if Melbourne aren't playing him, geez, you'd think Collingwood would have to make um, Sam an offer. It'd be interesting to see. So who knows? We don't know. We can ask him. He probably won't tell us, but we, we, he probably, yeah, probably doesn't know. AFL He's a good boy. AFL footballer, they, they don't talk to anyone about that type of stuff until the deal's done. That's true. Yeah, he probably won't tell us. Maybe we get him drunk. No, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't do that either. He's, he's a very good kid. Um, so yeah, so we, yeah, yeah. So, nothing much more to get out of that. Sydney no. won the game that they should have, and Collingwood continue to uh, go down the path that the next game teams are going down. Uh, although <laughs> North Melbourne will be happy to bank four points for the first oh. time in uh, almost three hundred days in the in the North Melbourne Grand Final win. Um, North won the grand final over Hawthorne, their granny for the year. Um, what what did you think of this game? I mean, this was a piece of shit. Like, what what a busted what ass. What did I think about this game? So, <laughs> um, I flicked on, I finished work, and I flicked over just to have a quick squeeze. and went, uh, Hawthorne had a really good lead at quarter time. Yeah, up by four points. And half time. Uh, about... Half time, and this is just into the third quarter. I'm like, yeah, they'll lose this. Can't see them winning this because um, you don't blow five a five goal lead to a winless team, and that let them get back into the game uh, if you're playing good football, um, which inevitably happens. Um, they, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I didn't watch this game at all. I saw some highlights. Uh, reminded me of. Those dark days of the late 90s when Hawthorne were almost merging with Melbourne. That's how bad it was. And I haven't seen Clarko that angry since he punched a wall. I'm amazed he didn't punch another wall, to be honest. I mean, I think... Well, I think he's been told he's going to get a big fine if he does break the wall. So he just preferred well, to um, call, call, call profanities through the microphone into someone's poor ears. We should make in some respects. Like, I mean, good on North. You know, they, no, North they won the yeah. game. Yeah, good on them. Absolutely. And, and look, they have shown some good quarters of football this year. Mm. And, and it would be bad to see a team go go winless for the yeah, season. It's terrible. Well, it's just disappointing that Hawthorne, like, putting their hand up to be the team that loses to the team that might go winless for the year, two years in a row. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that guard was good. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Look, Hawthorne, I like. I want to discuss the. Well, we've already kind of done it, but it all kind of hinges, I guess, on on what happens to Clarker and whether he wants to keep. You know, whether yeah, he wants to do this rebuild. Yeah, or he leaves too. I don't, I don't think he will. Where would he go? Well, this is the thing. I, everyone brought it up, and I'm like, um, he's only going to be an assistant somewhere. Uh, unless he wants to take on the hardest job in 
the world, which is Carlton. Bring Collingwood. Oh, no, Collingwood. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Carlton. Yeah, either of those two. Same ones right too. And maybe, maybe, they, maybe they have had that, the word tween. Um, anyway, that's a whole other side project story. Uh, we'll get into that in more detail. It's, whether, yeah, it's more about whether Clarko thinks he can take the team into this next phase and, and get somewhere um, and whether Kennett also believes in that. Look, the Box Hill Hawks are sitting fourth or something. They've only lost two games. So there's some some talent there and I think it's now just time to expose the kids at AFL level. Play as many of these young guys that have been in the system for two or three years and just give them a crack, not just for a week, Give them a three or four week stint without any of these senior players. Well, obviously, not all senior players. Yet. You want like one or two in each area, so two in the forward, two in the mid, and two in the back line, so to speak. Um, and just play around with what, with what you've got. Um, you've got nothing to lose now. Uh, obviously, finals is well out of the equation, uh, even though it's mathematically possible. And I've had a look. I've had a look forward to the rest of the season. This is how many wins Max I think Hawthorne can get for the rest of the year. Three. Who do they beat? There's three, three winnable games for the rest of the year, um, and that's them playing their best type of football with their best twenty-two or three. So you've got to work out who they're going to be um, and start thinking about who's going to be on the list next year. Um, now, so play the kids, blood them, see what they're capable of doing. And I don't play a bit of chess. Move, move some people around the board a bit. Who do they beat? Um, not who do they beat? Um, I think they can beat Adelaide again. Yep. And I think they could beat Essendon again. Yep. And they could win this week. Okay. Because they're playing Carlton. Okay. Um, that's true. <laughs> they shouldn't, but they I think they're will. the three that they could potentially. Oh, sorry, no, not Carlton. I think Carlton win because Carlton play. They've got Gold Coast later in the year. I think they can beat the Gold Coast. Gold Carl- Coast are looking. Imagine if Hawthorne Belton Carlton. Oh, oh, they're a disgrace. We'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> we'll um, get to that in a second. <clears throat> but so it, yeah, that's it. But then they play, then they play top sides and they just got to get belted for the rest of the year. So, but let's do a bit of North talk. But um, Jai, yeah, North Simkin was was very good. Uh, yeah, Hall, obviously Goldstein, uh, Cunnington, all, Union, yeah. yeah, LDU, very good. I think like they've yeah. got a nice little core group. I just think, yeah, like they've they've really got to notch some wins on the board and try and attract some free agents and and maybe yeah, they yeah they got a lot of money. In they've the actually they've actually got to get a playing list. They had in the VFL on the weekend seven debutants or nine debutants or something, and five of them were NAB players, NAB league. Mm. But for those who aren't aware, that's under 19s and three came over from the Tassie League. They actually do not have a full list. They don't have a reserves. This happens in local footy. See, this is why we've called it the Bush League. They can't even they haven't even allowed their top up to club, their reserves teams, to have a full list to play from. You've got to <laughs> pick up Joe from down the road. Mate, we, we need you to have played footy for 20 years. That's all right. Just, we've got some boots. Get on in. He goes, I'm fat and smoking and drinking and all that type of stuff. Ben Cousins. Put you in a Ford pop. You'll be all right. Well, we saw Ben Cousins play this week. He could have a crack. Just do a Stewie Jew in 2008 grand final, mate. Just, you know, find a burst for five minutes. It was hilarious. When I heard that, I'm like, 
wow, that club is on its knees. So this big, this win makes it even bigger. The thing uh, is, though, North, well, North now, like, to their credit, and this is something that gets lost a bit, but North don't have any debt. To at least their credit, they've turned the club around financially. Their books are a lot yeah. better. They are taking mm-hmm. handouts from the AFL, but very, very, very little. So to so, be yeah, fair... So say last year they made a profit. They made a profit, yeah. The, yeah. They're actually doing very well. So I think under Brayshaw's leadership and then subsequently those two um, tiers of teams that have, uh, you know, back of house, to their credit, have actually... Like, they're not like the Knicks where they're, well, up until very recently, a basket case yeah. on and off the court. Um, they have actually been pretty good in the last five to ten years. They had to be good, otherwise the AFL was probably going to move them. But um, anyway, so... Look, good on them. Um, you know, great to see a win for uh, Noble as well. Um, that that's got to be tough. And I, I thought he, I have to say, I thought he spoke um, very well in the presser and then in the press. Uh, he's on the Sunday Footy Show. I thought he spoke really well. Um, yeah, it looks like he. You know, it's hard to tell what goes on, obviously behind closed doors. But I think he's been uh, he's been good. It's very hard to keep a club. And a playing list motivated when they've lost, you know, you said before that it was the first win in 300 days or something. Um, and then the Q clash or Q smash um, <laughs> and a busted ass um, 73 points. The Lions, I mean, the Lions are, 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 they've been playing off Broadway for the last few weeks. So they've not had a free to air game for like five weeks or something. So everyone's kind of forgotten about them, but they're doing very well. Yeah, they've built very quietly in the back. They're end. doing well. It's like yeah. it's it's like this Brisbane team from years ago where nobody wanted to watch them. So the AFL said, "I'll oh, just don't televise any of their games because nobody cares." Whereas no, there's some of us would wouldn't mind watching them play. Just I don't to see how good well, actually McCluggage is playing this season. Like you hear it that he is. I'm like, well, I haven't watched the game, so I don't know. I can only go by well, what other people are saying and the fact that he. Getting coaches' votes and all this type of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, he could be a brand low medalist by the end of the year. Who knows? I haven't seen him play. Well, that was um, <laughs> that was like the year Prentice won because they kept they kept scheduling oh. the West Coast games on top of other games, and we never saw him nobody, in the East. Like, nobody on the East Coast knew who he was. It was like Prentice, who he's been playing for like fifteen years already. <laughs> but yeah, it was half cut. He didn't even know he was in the running. Like, I've been playing the waffle. But <laughs> you're around the medalist. Waffle is a great word. But um no. <laughs> it's a great name for a league. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious because you you know, you're waffle on. Um but going to yeah. Oh it, it is well, it, it also doesn't help. It's not just Foxtel and Free to Air in terms of, you know, less people seeing the games. It's also uh, well KO to their credit, KO are doing very well. They've just passed a million subscribers, so People aren't at the aren't at the game. They're 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 watching KO. We'll do the crowd discussion in a second. But I think yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't help as well when they schedule the games on top of big marquee games. So like there'll be like a big no. marquee Saturday night game, and then Brisbane versus X. And it's like, well, I didn't get to see that game. It's always doubling up at the wrong time as well. But I've seen the. It's funny. The team I've actually seen the least this year is Carlton. I actually worked it out. I was thinking about it the other day. They're the team I've seen the least of. Um, well, that's what I could say. Yeah, which <laughs> which sounds I like... Seen the, I think I've seen them the most. Really? Why? How did that happen? I just happen to be, be on times when I'm like, oh, I can sit down and watch the football. 
they got a few Thursday night games, a couple of Friday night games, and Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, I think I've seen them four times. Oh, I've not I seen, seen my own. I haven't <laughs> seen my own club play that many. Not that that's a bad thing this year. I think I've seen so like Adelaide. I've seen probably two and or three. Geelong. Yeah, Geelong. I've seen or Geelong, Richmond. Um, Would you expect the dogs? have seen those, a lot. Yeah. They get those Friday good Saturday slots. night games. It's just good yeah. time slots. So, yeah, I'm busy during the day. When you've got a child, you're busy. Like you do stuff. Like you, you have to do stuff. You can't just sit around the house. Um, no, they like, can't look after themselves. No, and they won't sleep at night. You got to tire them out. So yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But four wins in a row is is, is really good. Um, yeah. Oh look, it's. I tell you, uh, it's hard to Brisbane. Yeah, we've not seen enough of them to really dig into them. But a lot of what we've said, which yeah, going back to what you said, McLuggage and all that stuff. But I think so. This is a ridiculous stat, right? So Gold Coast, which you know, the the you know the busted ass club. So they've had since round eight over the past, and I know we're only at round nine, but over the past three years, so seasons twenty nine, so twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and twenty twenty. They've only won three games after round eight. So this myth and this kind of conversation that the Gold Coast peak early and then they drop away, this is, that is a, that is a horrendous stat. So that means they've won essentially like three out of like, what do you play? So 21. So it'd be like 12 or 30 no, more games. 30, it'd be like 30 every 10 games. Seven, it'd be like 38, 39 games. It'd be like three, three, three wins and like 38, 39 losses. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, it, it, it is like they've been good in moments this year, but it is just getting ridiculous. This is 10 years now of um, people saying, oh, you know, when are they going to get it right? It's like, when are they going to get it right? When have they got it right? Like, I heard a few people this week saying, oh, the last five years have been pretty hard for the Gold Coast. And it's like five years since the beginning. It's 10 years now. Um, you know, obviously, during the Ablett years, they were okay. But, I mean, they're, they're just, yeah. They, they have got a horrendous run home. I know, yeah. So, I can see them maybe, obviously, they could beat Hawthorne uh, and they could beat Carbon. And then, that's about it. Maybe they can't beat North Melbourne at Bloodstone Arena. No, that's 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 funny in itself. Um, but at one point they played, I think the top four in a row, not right near towards the end of the season. Yeah. So at one point they played Brisbane, Melbourne, the Dogs, GWS, and Richmond in a five-week stint. <laughs> They're gonna get. They're gonna get pumped. All of those games. They keep asking the AFL world to respect them, and that's the thing I find. I find just a joke at this point. It's like, how can you possibly? How can you sit there and say we we want respect and Tony Cochran going on radio every week saying we we, we want to be recognised as a you know part of the family and all that stuff? It's like it's you just, don't even respect yourself. You wouldn't allow these losses to happen. But Stewie do doesn't. He doesn't respect his body, that's for sure. I mean, like, it's no. just, yeah, it's just very sad, I think. It's a sad state of yes. Um, so, and, and and it's clear that they were, they were, they were, they were resting their, the results on uh, Matt Rowe to do all the heavy thing because they have slowly dropped away every week that he hasn't been there. As good as he, he was, and in these brief periods that we've seen him, if they play like this, they could have Ablett and Dusty... Combined to one player, 
they're not going to win that many games. So Matt Rowell, even if he is, even if he has the the gifts, you know, the natural gifts of Gary Ablett, the speed of a young Chris Judd, the you know, just yeah, just the, the nous, the nous, and the toughness, and the and the timing of a Dustin Martin, the the toughness of Michael Voss, even if all four of those, even if he is the utter goat and has all of those things combined, he's the Michael Jordan of AFL, there is no way they will win more than 10 to 12 games a year. It's 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 no. just not possible. You could have you can have a disgustingly good player. It's just not how AFL works. Um, I'm sorry. You might you'll win some games, but you're not gonna win premierships. So that's what we're in it for. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, a disgraceful effort in every respect. Um, the only yeah. reason they really they, they had 3-7 at halftime versus 16-7. It should have blown out a lot more, but the Lions know it's a long season and it's round eight. They took the foot off the pedal a little bit. They still scored further to 19-10, but... Um, yeah, so Jared Lyons, I mean, so also we should say, this is funny, so um, also highlighted in what is such an embarrassing moment for the Gold Coast Suns, two, well, two things. They had their, um, they had some, I, I didn't actually see this, but I heard it discussed on, a, I think, a podcast, but maybe the radio, I can't remember, but like, they had like the best Gold Coast players of the last 10 years. They did like a commemorative, like 10 year anniversary type of thing, and <laughs> guess how many players, so they had like a, t- you know, they have like team of the century and all that kind of stuff. They did like a team of the decade. So of that team of the decade, I-, I can't remember the exact number, but it was either half or nearly half of the list had left. Had, had left, had gone, <laughs> so, had, 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 and had begged to be traded. And had begged to be traded. If they were going to do it, just make it a joke like when LeBron James was asked, uh, who are these top three players of all time? Not John. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. So this should just have Diablo, 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 Diablo. Well, just not do it at all. I think just doing it at all is is a recipe for disaster. But the other thing I want I want to mention too. So um, Jared Lyons um, won the Marcus Ashcroft um, medal or whatever comes with this funny um, Q clash. And um, so just just to refresh everyone's memory, Jared Lyons was drafted to um, the Crows. The Crows then. Um, offloaded him to the uh, Gold Coast um, and got a little bit for him. Gold not, Coast never wanted Not him. much. Yeah. The Gold Coast he said never they, played a game. They said they had too many good midfielders, too many good inside midfielders. So they traded him to Brisbane for nothing. No, no, like basically like less than a packet of chips. He got so. Not only did he win the medal, and not only has he been really good this year, so Jared Lyons, 37 disposals, 13 kicks, 24 marks, sorry, 24 handballs, 6 marks, and 9 tackles. He was like, if you look at the Dream Team thing, like he's comfortably the best player. I, 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 from what I saw of this game, he was easily front. I mean, that, that this this was obviously him taking the piss as well against the side that, that offloaded him, but... What an incredible piss take that is! That someone that they gave away for nothing was comfortably the best player on the ground. I, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, what, what a massive basket case! Um, yeah, and then <laughs> after that, Richmond Giants. I mean, what, what a, what a fun game this was to watch. I mean, this was Richmond didn't start that well, but what a bonkers end it had. That was a lot of fun at the end, but. 
What did you think I'll of this you game? About this. No, I didn't say again. I didn't say second number. I was at a 40th. Oh, okay. This was crazy. So it's it was a very good game. Though. It was really good. I think it was, if not the best game of the year, it was like certainly in the top two or three. Um, Lynch was really kicking them out of it at the start. He hit the post twice. Um, at really key moments as well. It, it was it was bad. It really felt like Richmond were going to do a St Kilda and just kick themselves out of the game. Um, but yeah, I, I just think they had this ridiculous comeback, and no, they gradually chipped their way. They stayed in the game. They they just just had enough to keep the window open, and yeah, they they, they got it done. Liam Baker was it's probably the best game I've seen him play. Um, Dusty was disgusting. Uh, it was he was due a batshit game. Um, so yeah, very very impressive with four goals. Obviously, Toby and Curvis had a lights out game as well. One of the best games, probably the best game I've seen since the grand final, uh, which obviously not that long ago, but was very, very impressive. Um, the way they filled the holes down back, Asprey was much better. Um, a lot of the deficiencies they had against um, Geelong in the prior game were fixed. Um, Grimes was huge in his return. Um, yeah, very, very, very impressive. They still obviously miss... You know, Edwards and Lambert and, you know, Prestia and really key Cochin as well. So that's a big part of their of their uh, centre. But um, Rewald didn't have his best night, but then, you know, when he had his chances, he, he took them, obviously not huge on the scoreboard, but he did kick one very key goal at, at, at a moment. That's the thing with Rewald. Like, he never has a completely horrible game, like very, very rarely, like, he does take his his days does take his chances, um, but yeah, they just kept kept you know chipping away. I thought Collier Dawkins was really good as well. The kids look good. I think one of the you know this is it's always silver lining, but the silver lining with Richmond's injuries is they've been able to you know see what some of these kids look like that probably wouldn't have gotten a game. Um, there's a few of them where it's like, geez, I don't I don't know whether he's quite quite ready for this, but I thought Collier Dawkins was excellent. It was really impressive. Um, he's so young, but he's got a clear future in the team. It was was really impressive. But this was this there was some goat time moments, lights out for Dusty. Like he just grabbed the game and went, No, I'm not losing another one. I'm not going I'm not going five wins and six losses. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tip it the other way. We'll stay in the positives at six and five and, and just keep whatever it ends up being, six and four or whatever it is. So just, just keep pushing ahead in the, in the positive column. It was, was, was very, like, it just was a very dusty game. It was really, really, all the right moments. So just quickly, because, yeah, like I said, I've, I've only sort of heard bits and pieces and yeah. I may have seen five minutes of highlights. Um, you've been pretty uh, adamant that you don't think Richmond will win the flag this year or highly unlikely, probably still got another flag in them in the next two or three years. Does a win like this, though, make you think, well, if they can have a win like this and obviously Dusty, when he needs to, always shows up and just reminds everyone who's top dog on in the AFL. Does a win like this think, make you think that, that, that they are a bit more capable of going three in a row as opposed to what you saw in the first five, six rounds? I think ride them off at your peril, for sure. I think yeah. Richmond are missing... Like, Richmond are missing the outs that St Kilda fans say they're missing. They are literally missing extremely... Going back to what I said before, 
Richmond, so to, to you know, let's be, I'll be clear on it. So five and four, Richmond is sitting at. Richmond this week have Brisbane, which is a tough game. Let's say they lose that, and then they've got Adelaide. They'll clearly win that. And then they've got Essendon. I think they'll definitely win that the dream time. Um, and then it's a bye. So if they went, say, that's seven and... If they go seven and five, which is pretty likely, I think, they go seven and five into the bye. After the bye, they're going to get Edwards, Lambert, Cochin, pretty much all of those guys back. And then there'll be other pieces that will come later in the year. If they had a bit of a luck run with injury into the third quarter of the year, then, yeah, it's it's clearly on again. But But I've... If they... Look, there's two frames to it. I've always felt that... I think I've said this before, that I think Richmond will win another one. I just don't think it'll be this one. And I think there'll always be the endless comparisons between Geelong, Brisbane, Hawthorne, and Richmond. In that, you know, Richmond's will be more spaced out. It'll be more games in Victoria and, you know, MCG and all that kind of stuff. There'll be all that subtext to it. But then there'll also be the, the asterisks of, well, they won the very difficult year in the hub and COVID and all that stuff. So, But then I think they win, they'll win one, they win the two in a row, gaps on either side, and then win another one. I think that'll always be, and then people will always sort of think, well, how do you compare that with Hawthorne that won one, had a four or five-year gap, and then won three? And then how do you compare that with Geelong that won one, lost one, won one, lost one, and then won, so there's always that year apart, but then they won the most games in that period. Like, they were comfortably the most successful side. They should have won, they should have, well, at minimum, they should have won 08. Um, but, yeah, so, and then, you know, Brisbane was so damaging as well as an away team. Um, that's the thing you got to, people forget, like, as a team based in Queensland with a dog shit schedule every year to to win three in a row is, is unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, it's it's such a hard one. Um, but I think, look, if, if they go into the buy at seven and five, then, then it, I think it starts to become on again. But, uh, yeah, we need to see what they look like in the second half of the year. Um it's got to all work. That's the thing. It's got to all flip back into place. Like these guys not only have to come back, they've got to come back in really good form. So, yeah. um, well, I think Rich, for Richmond, Lalol, so much of it's going to depend on who they end up playing. I think they match up really well against Port. I think they match up really poorly against the Demons, as an example. I would worry about them playing the Demons. Um, I think they play well against Geelong, but I know they just lost one against Geelong, but I could see them beating them later in the year. So, anyway, it's it's a hard one. Um, but, yeah, Giants, oh, well, yeah, that, that's Richmond. We spoke a lot about Richmond. But the Giants were really gallant, I think. Um, yeah, they you know can look at it and say they kind of threw it away. But I thought Hopper was good. Kelly, um, I thought Flynn was really impressive again as well. Um, Toby Green obviously did his shoulder, so that, that we found out subsequently today. So um, was pretty hampered. But Hogan had that crazy quarter where he gets, what did he kick four in the end, I think it was. Um, yeah, four goals, one. Uh, but, yeah, not consistent enough for me throughout the game. There's a lot of mayo has been poured on how good he is. But I think a, a lot of I mean, he had that one quarter. Um, yeah, but look, the Giants are playing under a fair bit of duress. That they 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 clearly miss a lot of pieces offensively. Um, Hogan's trying to get right. He looked gassed as well after that run where he, that he had, where he, he kicked a few in a row. Um, so I'm not completely convinced that's going to continue. Um, but yeah, look, really good game. Come from behind games are always exciting. Um, and of course, there was the crazy. Uh, 
this is the best thing about sport is that it had that ridiculous poetry in the end in that, you know, Rioli um, obviously had the week that he had. You could see him with the black eye and everything with a fight and all that kind of stuff. And he kicks the winning goal. I mean, what what do you... You can't make this up. Like, it was... That's why sport's so much fun. As much as the AFL at times is obviously very frustrating with how poorly it's adjudicated and how horribly it's run. Um, and you get games like that St Kilda Cats game, which are just laborious to, to, to look at. You get games like this where, you know, it, it, crazy come from behind, from the clouds. They look gone. They were... Yeah, they were like, th- I think, 30 points down at one point. They were, they were a fair way out of it. They did not look like winning. There were points of the third quarter where it was like, wow, surely Richmond can't come back with this one. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they figured it out in the end. But um, they came up against a very good side that, that was vengeful and had points to prove and was, was like a team that was refusing to lose. And that's yeah. very hard to come up against. So... And then at the same time, I couldn't obviously watch two games at once. Um, I saw some stuff subsequently, but it, you know, this is the thing. Sport is so much more fun as as we just described seconds ago. Um, live watching, and I find it very frustrating because like I, I, well, I wanted to watch the Tigers Giants game, and um, Fox and Ko keep the score of the other game down the bottom on the screen, so I couldn't even not like look at the score and then subsequently watch like the second half or even the last quarter of the the other game because I, I knew the results because it was permanently on the screen so it's pretty annoying that they they do do that and it's particularly made more annoying I mean if it's if the other games at a different stage you know back in the day you're the MCG and it's like the other games one goal three or whatever like you think oh well, yeah there's a whole half or a quarter behind away yeah or three quarters even it's a long exactly then you think oh who cares but if it's exact same time and i'm seeing by the minute where it's at i'm looking at that going wow this is this is shit um so yeah i I didn't get to see this live which sucks because a lot of people said it was a very good game but um just just before we keep going though so on the crowds i want to get you we've not we've not spoken about this because we've kind of gone into other directions but should I mean, so the crowds are significantly down, right? The crowds are down like at this point of the season, they're down about seven hundred thousand people. That's quite a lot to what they what they um, were in normal years. You got the Hawthorne Mother's Day game where people were freaking out, saying, "Oh, fourteen thousand, that's a disgrace." But then, if you go back and have a look in twenty nineteen, before COVID existed or did, but like not outside of Wuhan at that point, the um, they had like fifteen thousand or something like that at that point, right? So. At that same game in 2019, so it was only about a thousand people, 800 people more. So, so that's a, that's a horrific time slot, right on top of lunch, right on Mother's Day is horrible. But you know, it's the St Kilda Cats game, two teams as you mentioned that start that are contending, shit crowd. Um, Sydney Collingwood, good crowd. Sydney people are coming to the football. Hawthorne North, bad crowd. Gold Coast Brisbane, not bad for Queensland teams. So Richmond Giants was like 18,000. It's terrible for a team that has a hundred thousand, and then the Melbourne game was horrible as well, and and so on and so forth. But what, 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 I guess let's have this discussion. I've got a lot of thoughts about it, but I guess what what what, what should they be concerned? Do you think it's a backlash for the, the way the sports adjudicated and frustration? I mean, what what what, what is your position on it? Oh, yeah, I have to stay consistent and go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm I have not ent- even entertained going to a live game this year. Not not once have I thought 
I'm going to go to the footy. It does not interest me having to pay uh, a, a, an admission to sit there and get frustrated when I can just sit on my couch and do exactly the same thing. Um, I think the access now uh, with KO um, on board makes it much easier for people to, and we had a year with Victorians. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had a year of getting used to watching it from the comfort of our own couch. Um, And, yeah, I still think a large portion of the population doesn't want to be in crowded areas. That's the other thing. I, I still think there's there's apprehension of, of, of being at a at a, a venue um, where that that risk of catching something, whether whether it's as as severe as COVID or it's as, as minor as a, a common cold. I think some people are just, and that's fine. That that's just the nature of the last. Um, 12 months so and even, a few things at play but I, I, I still think sorry. the main one is is the, the state of how the, the games run you hear it constantly that people just finding it so laborious to, to watch this because A the rules constantly change but even when they change they're adjudicated differently from not only week to week but from games in a week that you sit there and go no, enough's enough. It's just there's so much for these umpires to try and remember, um, and the more it happens, the less likely they're going to have umpires coming through. Therefore, not being able to turn the wheels over of fresh blood, seeing the same umpires that've been there for 15, 20 years now, and they're probably past it. They're probably too tired. Uh, that's that's a, you made a lot of good points. I think 100, percent and we've spoken about the the elderly. Um, side of umpires. I mean, I think that guy. So on the on the Richmond Giants game, you you might have seen this in the news, but I know you didn't see the game live. But Dusty Polaxter, uh, did you see this? He Polaxter got yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it yeah. came up a few times in news feeds and whatnot. It was it was, it was a very. Um, I felt Dusty was really good. Like he tried to help him up, but he couldn't like get up because of the shoulder and stuff. But um, it was an it was a clear accident. Dusty had to go yeah. at very high pace. To get a foot to this goal, well, it was, it, we won them the game. So like, yeah, he he had to run at very fast pace, and he's obviously a big boy and, and very solid. Um, and yeah, bounced right back off him and and did his did his shoulder. But um, yeah, so I, I I think and then the old mate that came on that that was the uh, secondary umpire, he looked like the first young umpire I've seen in ages. There's a couple of very young ones that are not very good that you don't see very often, but. <laughs> they do that are very off Broadway games, but yeah, oh, we've, we've gone through that before about the concerns. Well, this is another one of the thousand concerns the AFL's got, but um, it feels like the umpires are hanging by a thread. I feel like if two two of the umpires like break their leg tomorrow, all of a sudden it's going to completely fall away. We've only got a few good ones, but I think um, yep. which is a massive concern, obviously. But unless there's all these people waiting in the wings, I, I don't I don't think so. Having you know, and we've got a bit of insight into it with. Um, your, your brother and other connections around um, two AFL umpires. We, we, we've got there, well, there appears to be a big concern. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it into context. So I had a had a young guy come to work, um, and he was a he's a, an umpire of the local Eastern Football League, and he told me he umpired back to back games because they don't have enough. So he yeah. did under 19s and then backed up and did the reserves. And this is one of the more 
uh, established and, and, and highly regarded leagues in, in, in Victoria, and they can't get enough umpires for that. So, yeah, that doesn't very that doesn't bode well for obviously moving forward. That's for sure. No, it's uh, it is a big concern. Um, and then so uh, yeah, well, I, all right. Well, I'll do my thing on crowds. I think. There's a few things. I think that there's clear, as, as you said, there's clear frustration with the, with the the way the game's adjudicated clearly. I think people are very frustrated with that. I think when you look at the members' numbers and you look at KO's numbers just generally, I think um, people got far and away more used to being like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll financially contribute to the club. Um, membership numbers are also up more in the lower rank members than they were in the higher ones, which give you more tickets and space and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Uh, which I think is because people think, well, I'll give the club some money to kind of keep things going, um, but I'm going to then watch Kaya. Um, it's so cheap as well. That's the other side of it too. Um, back in the day, Foxtel, I think, was very expensive, whereas Kaya was, you know, what is it, 20 bucks a month or whatever. It's it's very cheap. Um, the, the, the coronavirus is going to cost the Australian economy so that the deficit will be three, four times greater than the GFC. So it's I just don't think people because maybe it's because it's been a slower burn. I just and whereas all of a sudden it was like overnight with the GFC outcome sunk the economy. I don't think people realise simply how bad it's it will be and it is and it's going to continue. There's a lot of people that have lost their jobs. Um, but I think really specifically, the Sydney game, really good turnout. It was like 34,000, 35,000. Good, good crowd for a Sydney um, Collingwood game. That would be comparable to normal. Um, the Port Dogs game was basically a sellout. So SA people are going to the games. WA has been a bit sketchy, obviously, with they've had a couple of lockdowns over there. But earlier in the season, before that, were very well, that, were good. Just to say, before the a, uh, Anzac Day game, um, had the biggest crowd mm. of the of the year. Yeah. So like forty two thousand or something out of fifty that can get in there. So mm. yeah. Mm. So they had really good numbers again, and then also um, uh, yeah. So the point is, and, and even the Queensland games have been okay. Brisbane have had good turnouts against against decent teams. So I guess the, my point is where I'm going with this is people outside of Victoria won't understand this, and I think. It'll always be something that people will never quite grasp. But our COVID experience was completely different to the other states. It was all it was it was a very 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 difficult period, and um, lockdown PTSD is a real thing. I think a lot of people here have been very affected by it. It really did shake the city, and I don't think I don't think people quite get it. There are a lot of people, and if you look at that, that won't simply go to games. Um, and don't want to be around crowds. And I think it'll take quite a while for people to come back. And I think people's behaviours have really shifted as a result of that. Yeah. You, you look at the age demographic of people that are coming to games in 2021 and it's significantly younger. But older people are not going to games. So if no, 50 and above, they're not going. Not, not many. And just... And it's just dawned on me, like, and, and I'm one of those people, that things change career-wise because you, know, you lose your job or that the industry that you were in changed that you needed to find something that had a bit more stability around it. If that means weekend work, 
that's what it becomes. Mm. It's, football doesn't become a priority anymore. It's um, it's a matter of getting um, income so that you can uh, put have a roof over your head, feed yourself, and if you've got a young family or a family full stop, um, that just has to become the number one priority. And, and if you get a chance to go to football, like you said, buying those three or six game memberships, the lower tier ones, so that at least you might get your money's worth and you're still giving back to the club that you, <coughs> you support, um, it's important you still get that that, that feeling of, of um, supporting the club, but you've got access to yeah watch games on on delay or replay with KO, and it's, it just becomes much more economically sound. Um, while you're, you're either in a new job or you're transitioning out of one industry into another, and that means working whenever you have to work, and if, a lot of the time that's a weekend shift, whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday. It, yeah, hundred percent, and it, it's and there would be a lot of that going on. I, I don't mm. think much more than people realise. So I think it, it's really shifted people's patterns and people's social interactions. And 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 you know, we 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 um, like at home here, like we really change as well. Like we would used to go out a lot more and and spend more money on different things and. We completely shifted. Like we, we really, you know, we saved quite a bit through COVID because we were really lucky compared to a lot of people. Um, you know, we both kept our jobs and both, you know, for the very vast majority of it, were you know earning the same way we normally would. So it didn't really impact our roles. We're still able to work. So we've saved a lot through COVID. But you get kind of addicted to that because then you start not addicted, but like you get in that pattern of that, and you start thinking, well, well let's save, let's do this, let's do that, and have other priorities. So. And as well, we had a baby that obviously changed your priorities. But that said, though, like, you know what I mean. But like, I think people's. I'm a bit of an extreme example, but like, you know, because that's that whole other caveat. But I think people's. Yeah, I, I just don't think people realise how how much uh, it's different here, and it's showing in terms of the numbers of KO of memberships. And then you look at the other states. The AFL would be seeing that data, but the numbers out of Victoria are actually not too bad. Um, it also isn't made any better by. Um, up until very recently, and I've not had time to go to a game, literally, but um, outside of that, it's not been made any easier that it's been very difficult for people to get into the ground. So there's been long, long queues, not enough QR, um, read things at, at the grounds in Victoria. Um, there's been, you know, big spacing between people and people not being able to get their members sitting together. So families think, well, we're paying for this membership. We want to sit together. You can only have X amount here. The other two are going to have to sit in this row and bullshit stuff like that where it just makes it impossible for a family. So I think, yeah, the Victorian government, and, and it's been a long time since we've had a case. Surely at this point we can try and get a little bit closer to some level of what it was to make it easier for people to get to the football and not have these super long waits and... Um, I've not experienced this, but hearing from people that have gone to games and have tried to go to games, there's been a lot of that. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so the Port Dogs game, um, look, Aaliyah was was really good. Um, from what I saw of it, because I did go back and watch most of the second half, um, the Dogs, I thought the way they manoeuvred through the corridor was not as good as what they've been in other games. I thought they used the corridor poorly. I thought they overused it at times. Um, yeah, just, just uh, I think that's it looked like from what I saw, that's what they got wrong early on. Um, Port, look, it was a good game. Port were definitely in it through, through the vast majority of it. But, 
the dogs just tough them out. Um, it, it's starting to get a bit of a concern now with Port. Their record against top teams is really poor. Their record against the top eight teams just generally is, is really bad. Um, yeah. yeah. It's really exposing their depth while their top end, like their best 22, 23 are, are brilliant. But if they, and we've seen, when there's two, three, four of those players missing from that lineup, these top end teams can really expose them. And that, that's a concern. So not only is there a concern with their ability to win outside of Adelaide, you've got this um, <clears throat> sort of, it's almost damning, but this inconsistency to play really good football against um, the best competition that's out there at the moment. So, yeah, again, another another week goes by in the last two or three weeks where I'm less convinced that they are capable of winning the premiership this year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced on them either. Um, yeah, so because obviously with these two games at the same time, we just didn't get to see enough of them, but. We've talked a lot about the dogs this year and, and Port, so we might might leave that game at that. We'll we'll chat about yeah, those teams a bit gonna, more further on. They're both going to be there about um, more consistency um, for the dogs, and yeah, Port are going to be a good team, but that's about it. I think Dixon as well, like his record against big in big games is is poor. Um, he's just not for such a uh, you know such a damaging what you would think is a damaging big man. He just. Yeah, he was okay in moments, but I'm not. Yeah, not not that convinced. I'll be honest. I'm, yeah, um, but the dogs. Yeah, this will this will do a lot for their confidence. A win away, win away like that um, against a tough side, against mm. a, against a very angry crowd. It's the loudest yep. crowd that you can play. I think it's another person on the ground. I thought they were very very good. Um, Absolutely. And then Don's Frio. So. Not a heap to talk about this. Probably too. This is what will happens every year, where you know we start to get to the point of you know teams that aren't that into contention. It, it gets sort of not hard <laughs> to talk about it so much. But um, <laughs> I Essendon, look, good on Essendon. I think you know Freo challenged, um, very inaccurate Freo, and that's been the story with Freo this year. Um, for a lot of it, obviously a lot's been made of Fife, but it's not just Fife. Um, but I think a lot of them have been horribly inaccurate in front of goal. Eight goals, thirteen in the end. Um, to ten goals eight, so Essen should have won this game by a lot more, really. But yeah, that look both a little bit inaccurate. Although Nick Hines been was really good um, for Essen and uh, McGrath, Parish, you know, all the I guess usuals were were Usual. impressive. Um, but yeah, look, I Freya could have won this game, but this was yeah not not something that I took a lot out of from this game. Both teams are about where I thought they were at. Not really a lot to take out of it. Frio, again, lose another game. They they could have won away, so they'd be very frustrated. You know, this is another game they were in up to their ears, and um, this is a very winnable game. If they were going to make the eight, this is why I think that's off. If they are a team to make the yeah. eight, these are the kind of games you win. Um, you know, the, not that you're not coming to Melbourne and beating, you know, Richmond at the G or, you know, Geelong in, in Geelong, but you you beat Essendon, you know, in... in um, <coughs> Who are so are playing okay football, but they're not they're not top four at the moment or anything like that. Nothing to be scared about. Um, yeah, and this is why I'm not convinced on Essen either. This is a game that they should have really dominated, and they didn't. They they, they scrapped uh, a very lucky win against a team that has been well, shown this year and last year, or not last year, but the year before that. 
they're not really that much chop away from the west coast of Australia. So to get away with the seven-point win is pretty disappointing. If, I mean, Essence will probably take any win at the moment, but, yeah, pretty unconvincing for me. And then, um, yeah, I would agree, and there's not much to take out of it. The Sunday games are pretty average. And this, this is what's frustrating yeah. is that, you know, they packed 500 games on the Saturday. Um, yeah. Could have had yeah, some better Tabard quality Yeah, probably the only good takeaway for... From the game we just talked about, he's been playing some really good football, very consistent, which we haven't seen no. since he started. Darcy was good too, um, Brayshaw as well. Um, yep. And then, so D's, mm. Blues, weird, weird game. What, what did you take out of this? Yeah, I did get to see this. One of the, the games I did get to see, see a bit, I was, mainly because I was hoping I got to see a 100-point thrashing to Carlton. For those who are new to this podcast, Um yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put down cut whenever I get the chance. Um, so it's good to see they lost again. But, uh, look, Melbourne made, made a hard work out of this game. They they seemingly always had control of it and like they've done a few times this year, that they've not put the foot on the gas until the last quarter when they just need to, to, to show – the rest of the world and, and the team they're playing against, just how good they are. But it was, it's not the type of game that I'll look forward to watching to on Sunday. It was good conditions. There was hardly any rain t- except uh, towards the end. Um, skills weren't really that good. Melbourne just have got met, much, much uh, better players and more of them. And that unselfish uh, team football um, is ev- really evident. It has been all year, but it was really evident that um, they just know exactly where they they need to, to put the football in traffic. Yeah. They know that there was always going to be a play there. And and they can just swap in players and swap out players, uh, whether it's due to injury or team balance, and they get and get the job done. It's 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 um, a formidable team at the moment, and it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, take it all away and, and bring some much-needed uh, joy to the long-suffering uh, D's supporters out there. I'm yep. not super convinced that they can go all the way. I think they can get to that last day. But um, let's see how they go up against the, the big boys uh, in the second half of the year. They, they really should have won this game by 60 or 70 points, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I mean, they're lucky, I guess, in some respects. They've got a pretty healthy percentage because, yeah, they, they really should have won this by a lot. But in the end, it didn't really matter. I mean, yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne is so stacked. Um, as we've said over the last sort of four or five weeks now, um, they're the real deal. Um, we both think that. And, yeah, they're, they're going to be very, very up to their ears in this. But, um, yeah, they'd be a little bit disappointed not to, you know, put away a pretty average side. Uh, I reckon. Um, I think mm. Carlton are probably the most overrated side in the league. I can't believe the way people um, pre-season and even up to rounds four or five. Now, not so much, but um, <laughs> four or five weeks ago, uh, a lot of people really rated them and thought they were a real chance to, to be a serious contention. Um, yeah. It's me I, too. Well, you and I spoke about we, we were lucky to have them as high as 11th, I think, both of us. We were ne- never convinced by this club. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and then, yeah, last game, Eagles, Crows. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've got nothing more to say on Carlton. It's all the same old stuff. Um, yeah, same, same old stuff. deficiencies. 
And in the last game, um, yeah, Eagles, Crows. Uh, look, I mean, Darling's form has been excellent. I mean, no one ever thought the Crows were going to win this game. So the Eagles obviously notch another win. They stay that game ahead of Richmond as well, which they'd be happy about. And um, sitting mm. in that sixth game, so there's that real mid kind of bottleneck of the ladder now where there's one, two, three, four, five teams in, in the eight all sitting on six wins. So they kind of stay in there and keep their percentage at an okay at 112 um, or in a goodish 112, but at least sitting in and amongst um, those teams. But a bit of a shame, I think they they could, you know, they won this game, obviously they won it 30 points, but against Adelaide, who are not a very good side, they, they might have been thinking, gee, we could have won this by 10, 12, 13 goals and really extended our percentage and, and gotten up towards that 104, 115 and jumped, you know, Sydney and and um, even poor potentially on the ladder. But, um yeah, bit a bit of a shame, I guess. But look, Darling's form has been very good. Uh, he was outstanding. I thought he was. I, I got to see a, a good chunk of this game. Um, yeah, very very impressed. Uh, Witherden's been great too. Um, Gaff's having another really good season. So even you know Cripps as well. Um, yeah, re- really impressive. Uh, but five goals too from Darling. He he was the real you know key. But again, like you know you've got another game. And this happened a few times with Darling and and Kennedy combining. Allen was really good too. So when you're getting what is that sort of? It's eleven goals from from their three main forwards. It's like the Geelong win as well, where they got twelve from the three. That's that's what you that's what you're wanting. Uh, Waterman as well, um, kicking two. So yeah, look, they're 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 playing really well. Um, but look, Adelaide. They've got yeah. Sorry, go. Unlike Richmond, they've got essentially their their, their best midfield uh, to come back into that lineup. So if they can keep winning these types of games, while uh, Hearn, Yo, um, Shui, I can't remember, I think there's two or three other guys, um, while they're waiting for them to come back, they can knock up wins like this. Yeah, they're going to be sitting in a position to uh, be a threat. Again, don't know if they can jump all the way. It's, I don't think they've got the right balance in that lineup at the moment to, to push a Dogs or a, or a Richmond who, or Melbourne or any of those teams, but I think they could get into a prelim if they get get all those players back. Mm, no, I'd agree. Um, yeah, so not. I think yeah, I think the Eagles are a chance to go deep, but it'll all depend on who they play. And um, they, they the, the biggest challenge I always have this you know aside from chunks of twenty eighteen, this this um, Adam Simpson Eagles team I've always thought. They just need to, you know, for the rest of the year of some of those away games, they're going to need to win some. They'll need to win one that they wouldn't. Um, it's hard. I think they need at least one where they're not expected to win. You know, I, yeah. I, I think they need to have at least one of these away teams where they come and um, and do it. So yeah, and they've got a really good opportunity to to notch one of those wins up next week or this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that is round nine. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Us. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's hard. I just think a lot of really obvious wins. I, I think it's a shame you didn't get to see the Richmond um, Giants game live because you would have really enjoyed it. It was a very good game. It was actually really well adjudicated. It was. Um, it was a genuinely very good game. The standard was really high. From all accounts, yeah, they they had the the, the only four umpires that know the rules. At the moment, um, out there, and that's why it was such a good game. The rest still they had to pull from the bush league. <laughs> no, nah, well, the, the teams were very good. I mean, you would have loved to have seen yeah. a dusty game like that. 
Um, you know, Nankurve is playing. Yeah, what do you have? 27, 27 touches and four goals or something like twenty eight and four. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's always it's always good when the stars play lights out football and um, other difference. Whether it's Dusty Danger Buddy, um, it's always good to, to to see them have those types of games because that's was, what you that's what you like about it. It was a pretty neck and neck game though because you had a, a depleted Richmond that were playing with a lot of heart and and you know and measure and. You know, um, as I said, they had this real like edge to them. It was a comment actually from. I do wonder whether this is the internal um, conversation at Richmond every year. Uh, Hardwick picks uh, a boxer. For listeners that don't know this, and uh, he picks a different boxer and a season that a boxer, famous boxer, had or old, generally older ones, and uses those as um, kind of like a way of telling the narrative of their season and. As it goes, and it's pretty interesting, um, but I think it's motivation, of course, but also like you know a range of other things. But without getting into that so much, but um, is it what he's going to do to them if they don't play that? Song yeah, for he, well, that's the main reason he goes through it. He says, "Well, <laughs> this is when old mate bashed old mate." And he's like, "Well, this is what's going to happen." No, but um, he, I think um, it was a comment from uh, Edwards. I think maybe two weeks ago, where Edwards was saying we like now being the hunters again, that they're not sort of like that top team that's always being hunted. And I really like that narrative. And I also, I think it's clever of Hardwick sort of to spin it around and be like, oh, we're, we're Tigers, you know. And that's the thing, their, man, their mantra has always been strong and they're bold and all that kind of stuff. And that they... they I think being humble and hungry is his whole thing as well. That's one of his main mantras that he's had with the team this whole time. And I do like this notion that he's building that. But the other thing I love about him, it's very Clarko. He's obviously picked this up from uh, Alistair. I quite like this thing of them versus the world that he's building too. So I almost think he did that Eddie had, uh, Eddie had this Marvel thing on Mm. purpose because, Absolutely. Because, oh, yeah. I think he, I think he likes the idea of us versus the world, and people can hate us, but we don't care, and all that kind. Of, I think, he, I think he, he thrives off it. He loves it, and it's clever. And it's clever because <laughs> diversion. It's it's a, a mm. political stunt. Stop talking about what happened to my two players in a nightclub. Mm. Talk to me about how I hate this screen that I have to play on. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love it. it. It's just genius, and and the, and the, he is a genius. Yeah, this is, a, this is I guess this is why I get frustrated with the so-called journos that um, um the AFL, AFL they get sucked in by every time. That's true. Every time, like they make a story. It's like, oh well, this coach said this, so let's. Like, no, he just doesn't want you talking about the stuff he doesn't want to talk about, and he sucks you in every time. And well, that I story, him and Clarko and. I reckon Bevo's getting good at it too, just he, quietly. I think he's getting very good at it. I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I think he's he's been the coach of the season, not just on-field but off-field. So I think he's been very smart um, yeah, at creating diversions. But, yeah, this this is – this you know what this is? It's an old-school, shady move. This is, oh, a, this is classic master, Kevin Sheedy. The master class. The, the genius. He was so good at yeah. it. So was Mick Malthouse as well in, at and, his prime. Um, yeah, and, and so was Bomber Thompson. Bomber was Bomber was in his own very new, unique way, did it very differently to the wall. All, all of you. Uh, he definitely went. Look over here, you he people. Was, he was a bit. He was a bit more of a magician um, uh, type coach with his diversions and his and his scales too. 
Uh, oh yes. But, uh, <laughs> he looked like absolute a uh, poor guy. Like he didn't look very well. Everyone was like at, at the Frank Costa Memorial. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's great to see Bomber out." And I was like, "Jesus, he, he looked." You know, people say you look like a million dollars. He looked like one dollar. He he did not he did not look that well. So that's, like that's sad. Looked like he'd been warming the coffin for Frank before they put Frank in there. Is well, that what you're saying? That's how good he looked. He he did not look well. I'll be honest. So that that's sad though. That's not good. That is sad. He yeah, needs to because um, he was he was a big part of the uh, the football scene for such a long time as a player and a coach. Yeah. What a what a crazy week. Obviously Geelong going through mm. with Frank Hoster and Sam Newman's wife dying as well. So it's pretty pretty full on for the. Uh, Geelong fraternity, but um, yeah, so that that's round nine. Um, some frustrating games, some very good games. Uh, it had everything and had nothing at the same time simultaneously. So this was yeah. this was bizarre uh, in every respect. But look, round ten looks interesting. Um, we will be back. Good luck to your team on the weekends. Uh, AFL Deep Dive is a promo code with the hopstone.com.au Hops gets you twenty five dollars off your first pack. Delicious way to drink fresh craft beer. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Take care. See ya.